how much would it take for Patrick Mahomes to catch Tom Brady or seven Super Bowls somewhere in his future? Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. So, Ian, we got all the sound from media day, which it was mayhem out there, by the way, from the videos that I saw, but not mayhem like it once was pre-pandemic mayhem when you had covered Super Bowls and said that nobody could pay you a billion dollars to go to another media day again. Yeah, when when you and I were watching it last night, I mean, you you have all the fans that are there, but it's at the stadium now. And and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the the players are on the field and you have a, a, a section where, you, know, you you have the guys on the podium, which is always that way, but you have some human interest stories where the rest of the team is just kind of meandering around in the crowd amongst the rest of the media, not on a podium. And when I was covering Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys, it was insane. It was just a free-for-all. And, and it was, you know, 2,500 people, and you got a woman in a wedding dress, and you got, you know, SpongeBob over here, and you got Captain America over here. And, I mean, it was it was it was absolute insanity and last night watching it 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 has now been and i think you brought up a great point because after covid they kind of said all right you know what let's 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 take this down a notch and make it actually a little more you know amicable for people who actually have to go to work Right. <laughs> a little bit more. Just, yeah, just a little, a little, easier little to navigate bit more. Anyways. A little bit easier to and, navigate. If but, you are doing your job in, in covering sports, it still was a lot. I mean, oh, there yeah. was still a lot of people there, but it did feel like the people were actually it was, there. It was organized chaos, the not just bites. chaos. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, organized what I didn't understand chaos. Is, not is all the so the fans though that are in the stands watching it, what are they what are they watching exactly? Just a bunch of Little bees running so what, around on the field collecting sound? It's kind of like the national championship where you, you'll have, like, uh, let's just go back to the most recent one, right, where you had Jim Harbaugh, Blake Corum, J.J. McCarthy, you know, uh, Jaden Harrell, whomever, right, up, up at a podium, and the Michigan fans were here. Uh, you know, so you had the media in, a, in a, an area that was barricaded, and then you had the podium. So you, you went fans mm-hmm. uh, behind you, right, then media, then the podiums. And periodically, they would they would put up audio from head coach Jim Harbaugh, and you listen to Harbaugh for five six minutes. Then they'd switch over to Blake Corum, right? And then they go over to JJ McCarthy, and they, and so the fans there could listen in on different players and different coaches. And then the same thing for Washington. So I'm, I'm okay. assuming, and I've not been there last night, but I'm assuming that's kind of the same thing. So the fans that are in the, in attendance, you're able to listen in. Uh, they'll 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 pipe in through the stadium audio random like Mahomes is obviously going to be listened to Kelsey is obviously going to be listened to Andy Reid is going to be listened to but they're all up there typically at the same time and they just kind of switch from one to another that makes sense okay that makes sense I I don't remember it being like that when I've been to media day before or even for a national championship I don't think (laughs) any of yeah I don't I don't believe it was like that back when I had covered these events but that's cool that they gave the fans something to listen to well one of those guys that the fans were most certainly listening to was Patrick Mahomes the Chiefs quarterback was asked can he do it can he get seven like Brady here's Mahomes 
I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. I know I'm blessed to be around a lot of great players around me. And so right now, it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring. And then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven. But seven seems like a long ways away still. <laughs> seven, seven is a bit different than, than three, okay? And, and so, like, let's try to get to three first before maybe we go all the way to seven. The thing is... Ian, is I think that we all think Patrick Mahomes is unbelievably generational, excellent, maybe the greatest as we're witnessing it in real time. But does he have the longevity? Is he going to play until he's 40 freaking five? Right? I mean, Tom Brady did it. Tom Brady had a long time to do it, too. And that matters here as well. Play that clip one more time. I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. I know I'm blessed to be around a lot of great players around me. And so right now, it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring. And then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven. But seven seems like a long ways away still. That's about the 18th time I've heard that today. And I I get more impressed every single time. Because you can't script that any better. You can't deliver it with a better tone of voice. I mean, I don't know if he practiced that 500 times coming in with the PR staff and the Kansas City Chiefs PR staff is one of the best in the business, or if he just that, that came off the cuff, knowing he was going to get that question, just going, you know what, let's just be brutally honest. But that was about as perfect of an answer as you will ever hear. Because I guarantee you he's also sick of hearing, like, you know, the whole, is he going to be better than Brady? I mean, if I'm Mahomes, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Mahomes, I'm going. Can I just? Can I just be? What? And that because that that this is something you and I have talked about a lot. Why are we so stinking quick to want to go ahead and put finality on a dude's career? He's not even thirty. I mean, just let let him go play. And then, so when he's saying, "I'm just focused on this game right here," perfect. You know, I mean, I'm not even halfway to seven. Perfect. You know, ask me that question in fifteen years. Perfect. That was about as remarkable and exquisite of a delivery to a a ridiculous question. Because let's be honest, it is ridiculous. Tom Brady's got seven and played till he's 45. We don't know what's going to happen with Mahomes. I mean, who who knows? I mean, he has no idea. And so for some reason in this world we live in today, we want to judge and put finality on on something that is still going, Amber. And that's why I love that answer. I mean, it it could not have been scripted and delivered any better. Presidents of the United States have not given answers that were that good as Mahomes just gave to that remarkably ridiculous, not question, but narrative that we have slammed on top of his head. Let him be. And, he, and that's kind of what he's saying. Like, let me be, man. Can I just go out here with my boys and try and win another ring? And even when we, if I win this one, we win this one, I ain't even halfway there. I love it. Absolutely loved it, Amber. You're putting more stock into it than I am because with quarterbacks, I always think I'm getting the quarterback speak. And I do think it's a bit rehearsed. It's a question you know is coming. Yeah. If it's Patrick Mahomes, you have an opportunity to think about what your answer is going to be. You're going to get asked it time and time again throughout your entire career here over many, many years. So you better have an answer to that question. It's a good answer that he gave. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if I believe it. I do think he thinks about it. I do think he thinks about chasing Tom Brady, that he thinks about chasing these all-time greats. But I also think that he 
probably enjoys being in that conversation already. I know you think that it's annoying for him. I don't know if it is. Like, I think it's annoying for LeBron being compared to MJ, but I don't know if it's annoying right now for Mahomes to be compared to Joe Montana or be compared to Tom Brady. Like, well, the Montana dude's 28 different. years old. Well, even – He's in that club. I mean, I'm I, sure Brady was to him an idol when – you know, because he played for so many years. I know he played against him, but he played for so many years that I'm sure to Mahomes he looked up to all of these guys, right? I'm sure he he's far more familiar with Brady's career than, frankly, he would be with Joe Montana's career. And so I think being compared to any of those guys who you idolized – is probably a cool thing at the end of the day. I mean, eventually it'll get annoying. I just don't know if he's there yet. Yeah, no, uh, maybe annoying is not the the right word. Uh, but because he, he's a competitor and he wants to be the best to have ever done it, and he has the ability to do that. But I think he also understands the history of the game. I don't think I don't think he, I know he does, and so for, and that's what he was trying to deliver. I'm not even halfway to seven. I got two. I'm trying to get to three. I'm trying to draw to, to join Troy Aikman's club, right? I mean, so and then I I love how you said at the end, ask me in 15 years. He's putting mm-hmm. perspective on what Tom was able to do. Does he want to beat him? Hell yes, he does. Of course he does. But in the moment, he's also delivering a very articulate and very concise message. I want to whip somebody's ass on Sunday and then I'm still not even halfway there. Seven Super Bowls is so many Super Bowl yeah. things to have. It, it took Tom Brady, obviously, so many it, decades to do it. There was a long period of time where he did not win one, by the way, in there as well. But it took him the decades to do it and two different teams as well to get to all seven. Who knows what Patrick Mahomes' career is going to entail and the longevity. Patrick Mahomes plays this game very differently than Tom Brady. What is it going to look like when he's in his late 30s? Who knows? Who the hell cares? Right now, he's in his late 20s, and it looks freaking awesome and we're going to have a hell of a game in front of us on Sunday. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, who will be the real underdog on Super Bowl Sunday? We'll get into that next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bet till your hands bleed. Hope you enjoyed the outright W by Kansas State over Kansas last night. Went to overtime. Started to sweat a little bit, but we got it done. Outright dub from Kansas State. So we're now 49-28-2, and bet to your hands bleed against the number tonight. 
Oh, it's gone up a little bit. I like this even more, even though I'm laying the points. Give me Oklahoma. Buy it down to two. I got it at one earlier today. Oklahoma at home against BYU. BYU goes on the road against a bad West Virginia team. A lot of travel. Now they have to go to Norman. Oklahoma got waxed at UCF. Bounce back game for Porter Moser and the Sooners. Give me Oklahoma. Lay the two on ESPN. Bet, bet till your hands bleed. You've got to the point now, if you're the Chiefs, where you are playing your best football of the season at the exact right time. That's the reason that we're here today is because we've dealt with these type of adverse moments and we've came out better on the other side of it. We all kind of had to step back and see what we were doing and, and do whatever we needed to do to get better. The boy band, and I'm trying, already, I'm trying to guess Hansen? Rachel's. Yeah, I'm trying to guess Rachel's theme tonight, and uh, now I'm already off. One, one, one tune in. I hate to disappoint you. No I didn't theme? have a theme set up for Thank tonight. Thank gosh. So you're okay. oh, easy listening so you tonight. you decided, you decided here in the second segment of the show, you decided to go Hanson <laughs> over honoring Toby Keith at this point in the show. What are cool. we doing? Because I figured, Hanson. I figured we'd want to talk about the Toby Keith. So I figured next mm, segment bop. when we don't have, when we have time to talk about it, but now we're talking about it. So this is just such a bad song. Oh, this it's awful. It's going to be in my so head bad. all night now, Rachel. All, all of America despises you because you just played this. How bad could it be it's if it's going to be stuck in your head all night, though? Uh, it's a terrible song. Now that. Oh, dear Lord. That's an excellent song that gets stuck in your head. <laughs> I sang this like a month ago for a week because of Rachel. I know you did. So that's stuck in your head. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled oh, programming. it, Ian. Yes, back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled programming. Uh, Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons here. You can find him if you want more of that at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. The San Francisco 49ers are favored in Super Bowl 58, Ian, by one and a half points, according to ESPN bet. So very close margins here. Of course, it is the Kansas City Chiefs that are the champs, and yet we've got San Francisco favored here. So who's the? Here's the question: Who's the real underdog here? Because yes, according to ESPN Bet, the underdog is in fact the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's very strange to think of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as underdogs at any capacity. Are all we've seen? Because this is a fascinating question, Amber, and this is one we were debating in our pre-show meeting. All you see and all I've heard for a week and a half has been Mahomes, Legacy, Chasing Brady, Kansas City, Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Is he going to go to the Grammys, the Kansas City defense, and crickets when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, who for the entire year we were talking about them as one of the best teams, overall best teams in either conference. It was San Francisco and Baltimore. And now here we are. Super Bowl week, and we are still, it's wall-to-wall, blow-out-the-budget coverage on Kansas City. Crickets on San Francisco. Yet, as you mentioned, San Francisco was favored in this game. So technically, KC is the underdog, but publicly, it feels like San Francisco is the underdog. And like Kyle Juszczyk and guys like that, you know Darn good and well. That seven-time Pro Bowl fullback and Trent Williams, the best left tackle in football, and Chase Young and Bosa. Go on down to Greenlaw, Fred Warner. You know that they're taking note. You know what this reminds me of? Absolutely taking note. 
Reminds me of Ohio State-Miami. Even though Ohio State was a nine-point underdog in that national championship game back in 2002, nobody gave them a damn chance, and they went out because all the noise was being talked, and Miami was printing up you know, national championship posters and whatnot. Here's the party on South Beach, and what happened? Ohio State yeah. ends up winning. I don't know Natty. why you keep bringing that up. That's a terrible memory for Canes fans. Uh, I even I'm not a Canes fan, and I even feel bad for them for but the, but point all the years is, I spent. Down it was all one sided, right? And yet here comes this whoop this other squad. It's pretty darn good, also, and was undefeated and ranked number two in the country. Well, it feels like Kansas City's ranked number one. San Fran is number two. Yet San Fran is the favorite, and nobody's talking about them. All, all is- the chatter is about Kansas City. It is strange, the lack of chatter around the 49ers. I mean, every once in a while, we'll mention, of course, Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy, when he showed up for media for the media day, he had he got like a huge ovation from the crowd. I mean, obviously, the Brock Purdy story rates, whether you end up critical of him, which has been a weird thing here over the last few weeks, or you're not. Either way, people are kind of talking about him. But outside of him, I, I sort of agree with you. It's the 49ers flying under the radar, which is very weird. And the Chiefs seem to be stealing all the headlines. And I think it's in large part because we're used to this Chiefs team. It's got a bunch of recognizable stars. Obviously, we've seen them in this situation time and time again. And there's something uncomfortable about counting them out. And frankly, we had been counting them out from a football perspective all throughout the season because this was not the best Chiefs team that we've seen by a long shot. This is not the best Chiefs offense that we've seen by a long shot. Now, the difference there is the defense because this is, in fact, the best Chiefs defense that we've seen under Andy Reid. And so a lot of people overlooked that component and that side of the ball throughout the season. But the Chiefs end up in the same position that the Chiefs feel like they're always in here as we head towards Super Bowl Sunday and so that's the story that's getting the attention and yet really all season long if you look at the metrics the 49ers are the better team right the 49ers on paper are the better team the more consistent team I understand there was the snafu there in the middle of the season but the more consistent there's a lot of injuries there too remember that they got healthy after that and made the couple trades bringing in Chase Young to go opposite Nick Bosa right Uh, but they end up overall looking like the better team, which is why they're favored by a point and a half. And yet it feels weird. There's just something so uncomfortable for me about thinking of Kansas City as an underdog. All right, so who do you believe is the underdog? Is it San Fran, who nobody's really talking about, not even a whisper, or even though they're favored, or is it Kansas City, who literally is an underdog, yet in the public eye seems to be the favorite? Yeah, I, for me, it is San Francisco because they're the team that I feel like is more overlooked. They're the team that has the quarterback that doesn't get the universal respect. That's obviously not the case in Kansas City. So I do feel like if I'm picking an underdog here, and, and neither of these teams are lovable underdogs, but if I'm picking an underdog here, I think the underdog story here is the San Francisco 49ers. But the way that this line is sitting at a point and a half, it's so close anyways. You know a lot more about this whole betting stuff than me, the way that the money moves things. And I mean, the odds makers aren't really telling us that the 49ers are a lot better than San, or than Kansas City. They're not really telling us that KC's a massive underdog here, some lovable underdog that doesn't seem to be the indication here. You know what's crazy is I've kind of been waiting on this number to move a little bit, and it's come down. It opened at two and a half, went down to one and a half because, uh, you know, a lot of people jumped on Kansas City. K 
catch, you know, catching two and a half, and you could buy it to three, which is a massive number. I mean, if you can get that number on three, that's a, that's a heck of a lot better chance at a push, at least, and, and you're only losing the juice. Meaning, if you bet one hundred dollars in a game, if you win it, you get a hundred bucks. If you lose, you have to pay that ten percent juice, so you lose one ten. So you're wagering one hundred ten dollars to win a hundred. The number they haven't they really haven't moved that number. It's been sitting around one and a half two. It hadn't creep, crept back up to two and a half, even though seventy one percent of the tickets, meaning the the bets that have been placed across the country, are on Kansas City. Sixty eight percent of the money is on Kansas City. So it's the public and the sharps are backing the Chiefs right now. Yet the bookmakers are still sticking to their guns right now. And that is amazing to me that they haven't moved that number a little bit to try and get you to take San Francisco, try and get someone to put more money on San Francisco. Now, look, we're early. I mean, we're sitting here on Tuesday. This thing could change, and you could see a lot of late money, like sharp money, because I think a lot of the big, some of the big sharps that didn't jump early are waiting to see health-wise. Like, is somebody going to get busted on the strip? I mean, this is in Vegas, right? I mean, is there going to be a marquee name that pulls a Those Eugene Robinson? Aren't anywhere near this, right? They're not anywhere near the strip, though. These, I agree. The, the teams I agree. Are, are staying like 45 minutes but, away from the strip. But, but right now, uh, Eugene Robinson was staying at it. He went off for a gallon of milk, and guess what happened? But anyway, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, I'm curious to see how this whole thing plays out. But right now, technically, Casey is the underdog. Casey is technically the underdog. Uh, not in my book. In my book, it's got to be the 49. I just can't make the Chiefs an underdog. Coming up next here, who do you think will be the underdog on Sunday? There'll be plenty more here on ESPN Radio. We'll take your calls. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Just back up here, Brock. Take one or two steps back. Back up. Go down. It's over. The Niners are going to Vegas. At the end of the day, it's, it comes down to just believing in yourself. I think surrounding yourself with some good people. And then at the end of the day, like anything can happen. What's cool is the way we've done these last two weeks. I mean, that's usually how the playoffs go. And to have our back against the wall in those last two games and be able to pull it out, you get the life experience of that. And when you go through that, it breeds confidence. There we go. Now we got some Toby Keith. One of the greats, we got the news that he passed away from a long battle with stomach cancer today. One of the greats in country music, Toby Keith. So we will be honoring him some throughout the show. Big Oklahoma Sooner. Every time we would do a game with the Sooners, he was always gracious. He just walked up and said, hey, next TV timeout. You got a few minutes for radio? Absolutely. That's cool. One of the the nicest guys. He actually used to sell sodas. He calls them Cokes. He's a Southerner. So, yeah, it's different in the South where you sit there and you're, you know, you, you're, you're coming down, you have a ice cold Coke here, and you go up and, you know, it's you finally somebody goes, yeah, I'll take one. What do you want? A Mountain Dew. But everything's Mountain called Coke. Dew? Yeah, everything's called everything's Coke. A, what? Everything's, everything's a Coke, and then what kind do you want? Yeah, I mean. I can confirm that that is a thing. Yeah. Uh, so, y'all got some weird stuff going on in the South. 
We, yeah. Well, don't you live in Florida? We're like we're like the, you're like New like York that attached, Yeah, we're, you're like New York that attached itself to the buttocks of Georgia, right? Yeah. So I right, mean, we're like somehow geographically, especially South Florida. Now oh, over yeah, on the different. West Coast in Sarasota, where I live now, now there's definitely some more country to it, a little bit more southern to it, depending where you are. But down in the Miami area in South Florida, Miami Lauderdale, Miami Dade, Broward counties. Yeah, forget about it. There's nothing southern. Very little southern. I shouldn't but, say nothing. There are some horse country around there, but very little southern it, about it, those areas. Yeah, he had a big ranch in Norman uh, and just a, a great country singer, uh, self-made. And, yeah, he literally would sell Cokes at, at, at you know, at War, War Memorial and just was always a diehard Sooner. And when he made it big, he was the same guy. Yeah, the exact same dude. Uh, all the players loved him, the, the, the custodian staff. You name it, man. They all knew Toby. He was just a great giver. And, uh, you know, so we will miss him, no doubt about it. Yeah, we absolutely will. 62 years young, uh, lost his battle with cancer, bleep cancer. Uh, but how do you like me now? I should have been a cowboy, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. All the Toby Keith greats, are, there's a whole long list of them. So we'll be honoring him. We will be opening up the phone lines to you, America, as well, because we were talking about who's the real underdog in Super Bowl 58. 888-SAY-ESPN. You can weigh in on the conversation. 888-729-3776. The San Francisco 49ers, according to ESPN Bet, are one-and-a-half-point favorites right now in this game. This line started at two-and-a-half, Ian said. It's come down now to one-and-a-half-point favorites, but the 49ers have been favored since this thing opened up, which makes the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs technically the underdogs in Super Bowl 58, but it feels weird to call KC the underdogs, the defending champs underdogs in anything. So who is the real underdog? Triple H, say ESPN if you want to chime in. Gary is kind enough to call us from Arizona. Hey, Gary, who's the uh, real underdog? They got it right. I, I don't even think it's a contest. Kansas City's the underdog, and I don't care what the bookmakers are trying to tell you. San Francisco is going to win by two scores or more. It's not even a contest. I've seen this before. I'm not really worried about it. I don't care for either team. I'm a Dallas fan, but San Francisco will win this game. Gary, thanks for your phone call. I don't know about two scores. I think it's going to be a very close game, Uh, and the prop bets are going to be insane. Uh, Because this, this game being in Vegas, by the way, sidebar here, Amber, one of the great things, if you've ever been to a Super Bowl in Vegas and you go to a sports book and they open up the big rooms, right, on every single play, you've got people moaning like, son of a, and you have another side of the room cheering because it was a sack and somebody has the under in the sack total. This crew over here has the over in the sack total. I mean, it is absolute just pandemonium. And it's at now the game is in that city? Holy mother, I can't even imagine. But, Gary... I mean, you said they got it wrong. No, you're, you're saying San Fran's going to win. Well, you're t- saying they got it right that you know Kansas City should be the underdogs, and they are the underdog, but not right now in the public eye or in the court of public opinion because all we've heard, all we've seen is Kansas City talk, and nobody, or not I wouldn't say nobody, but hardly anybody are really talking about San Francisco having a legit chance to win this game, even though they are favored. It just feels strange to count out the team that we get so we spend so much time talking about in Kansas City. Obviously, they get so much of the attention. And then 
we're going into a game where still they seem to be stealing so much of the attention because it feels like a lot of the coverage is on Kansas City and not so Most much on it. San Francisco. Yeah. Even though, again, San Francisco's favored. San Francisco's arguably the better team here on paper, had the better season overall. KC, a lot of people had counted out because of the way that offense looked the huge majority of the regular season. And here we are, though, with the defending champs in a Super Bowl, and it feels like they should be the ones that are favored just because because we're sort of used to them being in this situation. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Eric is calling us from Ohio. Eric, who's the underdog in Super Bowl 58? Well, I tell you that quarterback and coach, Sam Fran is the underdog. Rest of the team, Kansas City's the underdog. And when it's over, coach of Kansas City is going to say, I'm as good of a once as I ever was. <laughs> Good job out of you, man. Uh, yeah, uh, well done, Eric. Uh, I, that's interesting, though, that he brings up the coaching aspect because I've heard it, actually people debate that, right? Like, who is the better coach here? Because a lot of people have massive respect for Kyle Shanahan as well. And, of course, we all have respect for Andy Reid at this point. But it's that Kyle Shanahan system that's innovative. And is he the one who's so responsible for these quarterbacks and their performances? And is Brock Purdy a system guy? And all of that adds up to sort of the genius of Kyle Shanahan. And with these two coaches now pitted against each other, it's interesting that Eric's taking the side of San Francisco being the underdog because of Shanahan. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm also sick and tired of hearing about two leads that I've blown as an offensive coordinator in Atlanta and that historic comeback with, with, uh, with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots up 27 and then being outscored 21-zip by Kansas City four years ago. And so if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I am absolutely just sick and damn tired of hearing about it because that, that, that's another part of the Kansas City narrative. Even though they are an underdog by the bookmakers – you know, everyone. So many people are bringing that up all in last week, and again this week. How is Kyle Shanahan going to throw the ball again with big leads? You know, I think they in, in that last game against KC in the Super Bowl, they had like 17 offensive plays, not including punts, or somewhere around there in, in the second half, and then 11 of them they threw the ball. Right. Well, but guess Garoppolo what? was a different quarterback. I mean, Brock Purdy by the and they didn't have CMC. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey also, which has right? been a huge component yes. of it. By the way, of the of the story yes. and the success of this team that I feel like gets frankly overlooked because uh, to me he's the most important player on the team. But Brock Purdy by the numbers is a different quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, you can pull numbers. Brock Purdy right now, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I saw it earlier. And on passes like over 20 yards, Brock Purdy leads the league in terms of accuracy. There's numbers in terms of the passing with Brock Purdy that's really impressive. So would it be the same result if it's Brock Purdy at the helm rather than Garoppolo this time? Who the hell knows? He's not going to get those – He's not going to get those blown leads off his back anytime soon unless he wins a Super Bowl here, Ian. That's the only way to erase it. You know what? This is crazy, Amber. You just brought that up, and I, and I have the, that deep dive I, I told you about yesterday, um, and that was part of it. Yards per play passing, you're spot on. Brock Purdy leads the league at 8.4 yards per play, yet no one really talks about that. No one. And here's the other part that has been overlooked. This Kansas City defense, I mean, they, they are, that the back end is awesome. I mean, we all know that. That secondary is outstanding, and we know that they can get after you up front. But when it comes to defending the run, they were 
24th in the league in y- giving up yards per carry at four and a half yards per tote. 24th. They were 18th in yards per game against the run and giving up 107 yards per game. You don't think Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff has taken note? You don't think Christian right. McCaffrey and Trent Williams and the big boys up front are going, hey, hey just let us fire off and let's go. You know, and the same mm-hmm. thing with San Fran in the postseason. They've given up over a hundred, what one eighty something to Detroit and a buck thirty something uh, to Green Bay. So that, that that's the game within the game, right? I really believe that whomever wins, it's going to be an LOS game, man. Line of scrimmage. We can talk about all the quarterbacks and wideouts and running backs all you want. To me, this bad boy is decided right there with a big hog, Molly's reign. It's the eight point three yards per pass that differentiate him from Garoppolo. He's also the stat I was thinking of. Purdy has also produced the highest success rate in the NFL on throws that travel at least 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. He likes to push the ball down the field. I would imagine that we will see Kyle Shanahan, even if it bit him before, probably try it again. Triple H, say ESPN. Eric is calling us from Virginia. Hey, Eric, thanks for chiming in. Who's the real underdog here? All right. I'm going to go with... Kansas City Chiefs, and I just, I, I, guys, I've got to tell you, I love what I have seen from this 49ers team and that amazing tree of coaches under Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you got Brian Greasy, you've got Clint Kubiak, and then, you know, uh, I believe the other guy, Brian Fleury, uh, for the tight end coach, but I mean, it's just the way that they have coached up this entire team during the whole 2023 season and just how they have been able to help grow that quarterback, Brock Purdy, into what he is now. And, my God, with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and their offensive receiving weapons, I mean, I just, I'm telling you, I think they are going to surprise the Chiefs. Thanks for the call, Eric. Uh, He has an absolute point. Here's the thing about it. My analysis of not wanting to call Kansas City an underdog isn't that I think Kansas City is necessarily winning the Super Bowl. That's a weird thing to say, right, Ian? Like, it's not really based on my actual pick. It's more just based on a feeling. Like, I sort of refuse to think of them as an underdog, regardless of what I think the outcome here is going to be. I'm not going to disagree with you, and I'm not placing my wager on this game on ESPN Bet probably until Sunday Uh, just because I I want to see how the whole thing plays out. I don't think Joe Tooney's going to play for Kansas City. I don't think McKinnon's going to go for Kansas City. That news kind of came out this morning that they are beyond doubtful. It would take a miracle for either one of them to get on the field. But I want to see, you know, just – I'm one of those guys in a game in the Super Bowl. I want to wait to make sure nobody twists a damn ankle in practice. You know, no no one busts up a knee – um, and I will wait until Sunday to also see if that number moves at all because it, since they came out at two and a half, it's dropped to two. Now to one and a half, went back up to two. Now one and a half on ESPN Bet, and it stayed there, even though most well, of the money and the tickets are on Kansas City. I'm not going to give you until Sunday, though, uh, at least unofficially, because you're out the rest of the week here on Amber and Ian, so we're going to have to put the pressure on you on tonight's show. You better start thinking about your far Trust too me, soon wish, pick here I wish for I was Super here. Bowl 58. <laughs> Coming up next here 
on Amber and Ian. We will have Johanna Steele, though, make our official pick. I think, again, James Steele's eight-year-old daughter. Uh, she's on fire. I think we'll ride her picks she, all the way through. She'll be in the house through. on Friday. She will be in the house on Friday to make her pick. But I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle Ian's pick out of him before the end of the show. What does George Kittle think of a potential Rock versus Roman Reigns WrestleMania main event? That's really the tease James, that's the tease. tease. Apparently that's next. Try to stay with us. I hope that captivated you here on ESPN Radio. Mahomes, end zone. He's got another. I think he's going to eclipse Tom Brady as the goal. He never missed against a defense that was absolutely spectacular. Worry about legacy and winning rings more than making money at this moment. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback on planet Earth. So yesterday was media day to kick off Super Week here, and we got a lot of sound out of everybody involved, all the biggest stars involved in Super Bowl 58. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We got a lot of fun sound as well as some serious sound, okay? But let's have some fun. I don't want to do X's and O's right now. I want to hear some of the zanier things, Ian, that everybody said. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback. He was asked... About the dad bod, because we got the picture of Patrick Mahomes, and he was shirtless, and he had tweeted out, why'd they have to do me like that? And people on the internet were calling it a dad bod, although, frankly, I think that was a dad bod in their dreams, because I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't dadding that hard. Uh, he looked fine, but nonetheless, everybody had fun with it. Here's Patrick Mahomes on having a six-pack. Uh, another Super Bowl for sure. I, I have a six pack. It's just under the dad bod. So it's just, if you, if you feel, I mean, there might be some skin there, but then underneath that, the six pack's there. You just got to get real close and you got to squint a little bit and I think you'll see it. Me too, by the way. Yeah, same. <laughs> I love that guy. Like, I, I have one. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I don't have a six pack. I got a keg. Um, and but but down underneath that, uh, that though, under, Ian. yeah, there it is. If, if you, you know? really like, if you go, like we uh, do all have abdominal muscles. If you yeah. can, you know, get up from a laying about position, a knuckle you're deep good to go. In order to find my six pack, right? But I mean, it's it's there somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. I mean, the self deprecation goes a long way, especially for a superstar. And so, just when I saw that this morning, I, I mean, I, I just I sent it to my wife, going, "See, see," she's like, "Dude." No, stop. But, yeah, I mean, anybody with a dad bod, Patrick Mahomes is right there with you. All you got to do, tell the bride, tell the girlfriend, tell the boyfriend, search a little bit. It's there. It's there. It's not not really that strong of a dad bod, though, guys. I mean, it's not – like everybody, I think everybody was going in a little extra because he's a professional no athlete, so it's funny. We wanted he's to see training all the time, and he's yeah. in ridiculous shape. So then it, it feels it feels like the body shaming is somehow okay. You know, like we found a loophole there because he's a professional athlete, so we're allowed to do right. it, and it's funny. And we there's can all, a flaw. He doesn't have abs. Giggle. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, it's not dadding that hard. And I'm saying that as somebody who's pretty shallow when I objectify men. So there you go. Patrick Mahomes should feel pretty good about himself. All right, Andy Reid, Chiefs head coach. He was asked, on the other hand, not about six-packs, but about cheeseburgers. Here's Andy Reid. Top three cheeseburgers. Oh, my goodness. We can go across the street, uh, get an In-N-Out burger. Tommy's, Los Angeles. Yeah, we'll throw Hawkins in there. Where's five guys? Five guys is up there. 
Oh, I'm so disappointed in Andy Reid. See, Patrick Mahomes annoys me now because he's very whiny after every time anybody breathes on him and all this stuff, right? And just the Chiefs generally, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sick of them. But Patrick Mahomes, in his dad bod answer, he just made me like him a little bit more. Like that's fun. That's what I like. Andy Reid, and now I'm back out on the Chiefs. Now I'm back out on liking this team because in and out Burger Ian, it's, overrated, I'm so, so overrated. overrated. You and I talked about this, and I told you about the road trip we took from USC after calling it a, a uh, the USC Washington game. We had to go to Giants Raiders, and we stopped at an In and Out Burger on the way. And I'm going, it's so overrated. The, the, the fries are weird. The patties, the patties if you don't thin. eat like a double double, I mean, because that damn patty is paper, paper thin. thin. Thank you. Amber Wilson, I can give you a hug right now. And the are straws, too. It's all so That's number one. Number two, Chris Carlin today made his top list off of Andy Reid's answer about cheeseburgers. It was the worst list. He had a joint that he's never even been to and put that on his list as as one of the best burger joints. How is that possible? No, I don't know. Carlin, what are you doing, man? I mean, you might as well throw a damn veggie burger on that list. If you're going to put a – it was like Fat Guy Burger or something. He only put it on there because of the name. We're going to have to – it's because of the name. Oh, he, did, he did have Whataburger on there. That's a terrible reason to Whataburger put a burger on a list. is a tasty burger. But we're going we're gonna to have to find uh, that, that Carlin sound uh, so we can roast him properly later in the show. George Kittle, the 49ers tight end. This is the sound that James Steele has teed up and been waiting for. He talked about wrestling. We're starting off hot, and I love it. That is the question I've been wanting to... Ooh. So, it's fun. You see everything online, and everyone's talking about We Want Cody, or it's Roman and The Rock. You know what? I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan. I like Roman Reigns. The Rock, A. He coined the term, the people's tight end, so I'm indebted to The Rock. Huge fan of him. Honestly, my dream would be like uh, kind of a setup. Roman shows up. I saw this online. Roman shows up, signs a contract. Cody's on the other side. The Rock referees. Wouldn't that be fun and special? Let's that's, that's that's make it fun and interesting. That was not my own idea, but I thought it was really cool. So that's his thoughts on WrestleMania 40. I don't know anything on, about on wrestling, James. Although, Cody Rhodes. although I feel like George Kittle just talked his way around that and somehow came out so that everybody involved would like him. So on Friday, The Rock came out. It seems like it's going to be Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the main event. People don't like that. They want Cody Rhodes to face WrestleMania or, uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year, uh, a big backlash online. Uh, there were chants uh, on Raw this week. Very interesting Did the Rock uh, dynamic. Get booed? He got booed. He That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, people wanted it last year, and now they don't want it this year, and it's a big thing. And uh, I don't know if they're going to have to change their plans Isn't or there not. Like some. Oh God, I hate that I even do this. Isn't there like some storyline? Yeah, that Cody's they just sort of like punted on yeah. by bringing in The Rock, and so you can't just leave that storyline hanging out there, and that's why everybody's so angry. Why do I even know that? This is so you're, just, you're, a, you're a secret. You're a I secret just love the fact that Kid was like, I was hoping somebody would ask me this question. The it's dude the was legitimately excited about it. <laughs> he was waiting for it. it. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, uh, no more wrestling. wrestling. Cliff Kingsbury more. is the new OC for the Washington Commanders here on ESPN Radio.